I'd like to read for you in Ephesians chapter 3 tonight, just several verses, and ask the Lord to show us some things tonight that we can take with us and apply in our, our own personal lives. But in verse 14, down to verse, four, uh, verse 21, the Word of God says this, Ephesians three fourteen. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Lord, I pray that you'd bless now and the next uh, the several minutes we have left together that you'll use this in our lives. Speak, Lord. Speak to us. Help us, Lord. And then not just to be hearers, but to be doers of thy word. Give us this, Lord, we pray. And we'll be so grateful for it. If there are any here tonight, God, that do not know you, do not have a relationship with you, I pray that they would realize that it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord. Bless now in this time. Help all of us, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'd like to look, if you would, in verse 16, a little phrase that Paul mentions here. And he says that he would grant you. That he would grant you. That word grant there is a gift for a particular purpose. That something given to us. And we find here that the Apostle Paul, who is the human author, we know he was inspired of God to write these things. But Paul, we find here a great missionary, a great a servant of God, one who did mighty works on, the, and on behalf of Christ and in the work of the gospel ministry. He accomplished amazing things. And here he's writing to this church at Ephesus and, and encouraging them and, and speaking truth unto them. And, and he, he, he declares unto them in verse 14, he says, for this cause, for this cause. Let me tell you something. He was motivated by something, wasn't he? He was motivated in life from that road to Damascus there. He's met Christ. It totally changed his life. He became a new creature and he, and he didn't do the things he used to do. He had a new life, new purpose, a new cause. And he lived that out throughout the remainder of his life. And even as he wrote this, he was writing this in bonds. He was in prison for the cause of Christ. He was persecuted. I, I don't think any of us will ever experienced the things that he went through for Christ, but he, he went through faithfully, didn't he? He did it because he had a cause for which he did it. Actually, the very first verse of chapter 3, he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, for you. He, he said in another part, he said, I, I would wish that I was accursed that people might be saved. Wow, what a person of motivation for his life and, and the purpose in which he found 
We mentioned this morning in the message that when Jesus is at the center of our life, we have a purpose, don't we? And that's to go into all the world and to win people to the gospel because it's the only thing that can help. It's the only thing. Paul demonstrated this in his life as a Christian. But he had a prayer, though, for these believers. A wonderful prayer, really. A a mighty prayer. Something that he prayed as an intercessory prayer on behalf of others, but no doubt to encourage them to seek those same things in their own life. And he said, I pray that God would grant you these things. What is it that we need in our life? What are the spiritual grants that I need daily to be able to live as I ought to? Paul praised them here. Will you take note with me as we consider and examine these grants, these spiritual grants that he prays for? He says in verse 16 that he would grant you. And then he says, according to the riches of his what? Glory. Can I say this as we begin this, this, this study in God's word? We do not pray as we should for the things God has for us because we do not understand the source. Think about that. So often we, we, we fail to realize that we have the glory of his riches at our disposal. That there's nothing too big for God to handle. That his power is unlimited. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that he, can, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? That nothing is too hard for our God. He created this world in the heavens above He is that great and he always will be. We don't pray often for those things. Why? Because we don't have the faith to see him and believe who he is. And we fail to realize what the source is. Paul did, didn't he? He says, I'm praying that God would grant these things for you, not by his wealth, not by his ability. But he said, I can pray these things. Why? Because I serve a God who's greater than anything. I serve a God who's. Riches are above all things in his glory and he can do all these things. And I pray believing, you know what? We pray sometimes, but our, our prayers are so weak and feeble. Oh, may God grant us the ability to believe God, to trust him and to know that he can do all things and to live surrendered to it. Paul, he was an example of this. And may God help us to be that way. All we see here is four things tonight, spiritual grants in which. I believe we ought to pray for ourselves and pray for one another. The first thing, if you will, is number one, strength. Look at what the Bible says with me. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's a long little phrase there, but what an important phrase it is. He says that we might be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Oh, man, I don't know about you, but there's days I wake up where I don't have strength. (laughs) And it seems like the longer I live on this earth, the less strength I have. Anybody else can sympathize? Amen. And, you know, there's we have our limits, don't we? We are we, we live by our limits. But let me tell you something. There's no limit to God's power. There's no limit to God's strength. And here we find Paul. Uh, As he lived and the things that he did, he had to learn to live not by his strength, but by the power in which God would give him each and every day. He asked that God would grant strength, strength. And this is here. He says, look, he says strength with might by his spirit. The source of all strength in life ought to not be through our physical strength, but it ought to be the spiritual strength God gives us. Oh, how we need his spiritual strength. 
Can I tell you, I made great mistakes as a young person in ministry. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's so easy as young people to, to depend upon our abilities and our strength. And I'll tell you, you know, brother, as a missionary, all the travel, the, the suitcases, the visas, and you run around so often trying to get everything done to get where you need to get. And so much of that I, I failed because I did it in my own strength. Kiribati, where we were missionaries, we, I'd go to town with six or seven things on my list to get done. And it was such a frustrating place because I'd get none of those things done and I'd come back with four or five things to add to the list. I mean, they're just days like that uh, in the islands. They're on island time. Everything, don't do it today. Do it a week from now, you know. And then when you come back in a week, well, we'll do it the week from now, you know. And you just want to pull your hair out so much. And, and so many times I'd go and try to get things done and it just seemed like we were just spinning in circles and so often the work of God and, and it, was, it was just time and time again. I was weary and well-doing. You know why? Because I wasn't depending upon the Lord for his strength. I'll never forget this one time I went to town. I had to get some things done and I went to town just stressed and worried about all that I had to get done and and I went, and I went to get my car fixed. It was having some mechanical problems, and there's a long story of this. They don't have mechanics over there. They just have people that will make it worse, you know, and so you pray a lot. And uh, I had to learn real quick how to fix things. I wish they had that auto diesel program when I went at Crown, but they didn't. And so as I was there being frustrated, they told me, oh, it's going to take at least four or five hours and there's no way for me to get home, so I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, I'm just wasting all this time. And I, I, I couldn't believe it, but this elderly gentleman came out and sat down next to me and spoke amazing English, which is very unusual over there. And I, I started talking with him, and he asked me who I was, and we had a great long conversation. I was able to witness to him for over a half an hour, sharing the gospel with him and telling him about this. And this is literally what he said. He said, you've almost converted me. And I said, well, I'm praying for you. I gave him gospel tracts, and, and, and we, we, we departed from there. And I went home, and I was talking to some other people that I knew, and, and they came back to me. And here a day, I came home discouraged, thinking I got nothing done. And, 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 and I know I was able to witness, but I was just you know frustrated with it all. And I came home and was talking to a friend of mine, and telling him about my day, and he says, he said, he described the person to me, he says, did he look like this? And I said, yes. He says, do you know who you were talking to? I said, I have no clue who I was talking to. I mentioned his name. I said, his name is Yedemia. He says, he's the former president of Kiribati, and he owns that business. And most of the time, he's overseas, but he was actually there that day God gave me the opportunity. You know what is amazing? I actually believe he accepted the Lord as his Savior because we had people come to our church who told us he told them to come to our church because they preached the truth. Amen. And you know what? I started beginning to realize, you know what? I have my, my own expectations, and I shouldn't. My expectation ought to come from the Lord. And he's the one that guides my steps and strengthens me and gives me the things that I need to do every day, the work that we have to do. You know what? When we do things, Paul said it said, when I am weak, then I am strong. I much rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was saying, God, grant us strength by might, by his spirit. 
And look at this, in the inner man. Because that's where we need strength, isn't it? So often we think we have the outer man's strength. You know, us guys think we got all the muscles to muscle through and do what we need to do. But Paul had realized an amazing spiritual secret. It's not about how much outward physical strength we may have. The most important thing is our inner strength. The inner strength. God, grant me that inner strength by your spirit to be able to live each day as I ought to live. That's a prayer, isn't it? God, help me. I can't do this, but you can. And he promises to answer those things, doesn't he? In 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16 to verse 18, the Bible says this in verse 16 of chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What a promise, isn't it? What is a, a promise? I tell you, you go through a week of camp and your outward man perishes all the time. I can't, I've never been so tired in my life. And, and even Emma. <laughs> I shouldn't say this about Emma, but she's a wonderful person. And I remember at the end of one of the hardest worker I've seen in a while. She just works, works, works. She's like, I'm just so tired for the day. <laughs> I said, I am too, Emma. We'd all just crash on Fridays, you know. But somehow every Monday, God gave us the strength. And this was a prayer in which we prayed every week that God would strengthen us in the inward man. Because I'll tell you what, we had young people coming. Then listen, outwardly, we could do all the things that needed to be done, doing the dishes and cleaning the buildings and preparing all those things. But that is not as important as the spiritual work God needed to do in the lives of people. And he wanted to do that in us and through us. And the only way that happens is if God will strengthen us in the inward man. God, grant us that inward strength that we need every day to be the children of God that we ought to be, to be the witnesses that we ought to be, so that he can get the glory from it. Oh, and I believe he'll give it. Look what it says in verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's the secret to living for things that matter. That's what's secret about living for things that are eternal. God, strengthen my inner man. Strengthen me inwardly, that God, you may work through me. You see, turn back with me in Ephesians, not only... Did he ask for the grant of strength? But then in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by what? Faith. The second thing he said was faith. God, grant me faith. He said there, he said that Christ may dwell in your hearts. We, we learned this morning that it's God's desire. It's Christ's desire to be the center of our lives. Amen. To be in the midst of our lives, to have that control that our lives wouldn't just be where he's a part of it, but that he's everything. Amen. And that Christ may dwell in those things. But how is he able to dwell in that place? How is he able to be in that place uh, as he ought to be? It's by our faith. We need faith, don't we? And boy, we hear that preached so often. I've heard it preached my whole entire life. But yet, you know how many times Jesus told his disciples, oh, ye of little faith. And here Jesus is 
before them every day. They're seeing the miracles of Christ. They're walking and talking with him. And he says, you still have little faith. You still have little faith. We do. We all have little faith. He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, we could move mountains. That shows you how little our faith is, because I haven't seen any of you moving mountains any time lately, myself included. Well, what could be accomplished if we would have the kind of faith that, is, that he desires? For without faith, it's impossible to please him. I think about that verse. It's convicting because I realize when I'm weak and when I doubt him and I, and I don't trust him as I ought to, I'm not pleasing my God and my Savior. And here Paul, uh, Paul says, may God grant us that Christ would dwell in us by faith. Oh, we need to have a revival of faith. Amen. Faith needs to be the priority in our life. The just shall live by faith. That means when a trouble or problem comes up, we ought to immediately just say, I'm looking to you, God, because I'm trusting you. Amen. But what do we do? Call up. Hello, I need help. Call somebody else. Call a friend. <laughs> We do all the time. We go all the. Listen, we need to learn to come to God and trust him because I promise you his way is perfect. May God grant us that every day, the faith that we need. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Can I ask you this? I'm convicted. I'm asking myself this. When's the last time I've prayed fervently for God to give me faith today? Think about that, don't we? Huh? When's the last time you, you fervently prayed today, God, increase my faith? God, give me faith today to trust you. You realize faith is a gift that he gives to us. Amen? And we ought to ask him, God, grant me today the faith that I need. And he promises to give us a measure of faith, doesn't he? He promises to give us the faith that we need today to trust him, to believe him, to go forward and to do the things that we do. And when we do, oh, what could God accomplish? We just have faith. Oh, may the Lord help us to, to trust him and believe him. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the what? The word of God. It would motivate us to be in the word of God more. In the trial of our faith. Oh, there are times when God takes us through things, but it's all about him teaching us to trust him. May the Lord help us to trust him as we ought to. Oh, what a thought. Look what it says there. It says that ye being rooted and grounded in what? Love, because when we have faith, then we, we are able to trust and know him and love him and others the way that we ought to. Rooted and grounded in these things. We need to be rooted. We need the roots to go down deep. We see Christians today just getting knocked off every which way. They fall away from the Lord. They, they run away from him just like it's, it's easy. You know, it's like, it's like, well, I just don't like it there anymore. So I'm going to go do something else with my life. Oh, no. We need to put our roots deep in this world in which we live. Amen? And we need to be grounded on something. He said, build your life upon the rock, not upon the sands. And, if we, and it's a choice we make every day. God, grant me the faith that I need to build my life upon you. So many of us are like Thomas. No, I won't believe unless I see. <laughs> Lord, I won't. Blessed are they which have not seen yet believe. That's faith, isn't it? Faith, increase my faith. God, grant me today the faith that I need as we need more of it. I need more of it. May the Lord help us. Number three, we see the third grant that Paul prays for is in verse 18. 
may be able to comprehend with all saints. Comprehension. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to comprehend things. You know what I mean? To, you hear somebody speaking, but it's not making sense. <laughs> you know, we're so oblivious in life. God's with us every day, but yet we don't comprehend it. He says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And yet we don't comprehend that. No, we, we live life so often and need the wisdom of God to make the right choices, but we forget that we don't comprehend that his word is what is, is a lamp to our feet and a, and a sorry, a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. We don't comprehend that. You know why I know that to be true in my own life? Because I'd be doing things differently if I did. We all would, wouldn't we? If we had the spiritual understanding that we ought to about who God is and his promises and, and what he's told us, then we'd live totally different than the way that we do. When's the last time we prayed, God, grant me today the comprehension that I need to live for you? Amen. You know what the truth is? You work anywhere in this world and they have all these training classes. Amen. They help their employees to comprehend what they're doing and how to do it better. Boy, I wish we'd have some training classes as Christians. Every morning we ought to get God... Give me comprehension today to be a child of yours. Give me the understanding that I need to be able to do the things you've given me to do. Because I need your help, God. I can't do it in myself. Oh, we, we can comprehend everything else in this world, but we lack the spiritual comprehension that we need to live life. To grasp something. Do we grasp what it means to be a child of God? Do we grasp what it means to be saved? Amen. And if you're here tonight and you're saved, then we ought to have the joy of the world in our hearts. We ought to walk and talk differently. We ought to live differently and, and be differently. And that's all about the comprehension in which we have of all that God's given us. I'm so glad I'm a Christian. I'm so glad I'm a child of the King. I'm so glad I'm going to heaven one day. Amen. God, give me that comprehension of, of all the things you've given me. And then. May God use it to motivate me to do as he wants. It is possible to understand things sometimes, but not even to make them your own. The comprehension to make it that it's mine. You know, what do we do all the time? We say, well, that's for somebody else. We've all been there. Don't look at me so righteous. We hear preaching. We go, that's for somebody else. They needed to hear that. Is that comprehension? No. Is that understanding what God's speaking? We're good at that, aren't we? Like, that's wonderful. That was, that was for Brother Turner. Praise God. I'm glad he heard that tonight. But we do that. We're guilty of it. I'll be the first to be honest. Come on, you're in church, you know, be honest. No, God, give me my comprehension today to understand who you are and what your word has told me so that I can live in a way that's pleasing to you. God, grant to me the comprehension. Think of these truths. Think of these powerful requests that Paul is praying for these children of God. For these beloved in Christ. May God help us to pray this for one another and for ourselves. Oh, that I may understand all that God has for me. Look what it says to comprehend with all saints. Here's the thing. All of us together. You know how we're going to be able to do and continue in the faith and in these things in this year, 2024, and to press forth unto new things. It's where everybody in the church comprehends together. <laughs> Amen. That's the way God intends it. If we all get excited about this and 
Tomorrow we say, God, help us to comprehend. Give us the faith that we need. Strengthen our inner man, God. Give us what we need to accomplish these things. Let me tell you something. What could God do if we did that? Together, collectively, as a body of Christ, to go out into a world and to see things accomplished for his glory. That's what he desires. Oh, may God grant us these things. Lastly, I know my time is gone. Verse number, uh, if you would, in verse 19. I'm sorry, verse 18. May be able to comprehend with all sense what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ. The love of Christ. Do we know the love of Christ today? You know what the Bible says? The love of Christ constrains us. You know what that means? It controls us. It motivates us. And if we're not motivated and controlled to live as God desires and to fulfill his purpose for our life, then I believe we are not comprehending as we ought to. I'm saying that as lovingly as I can, and I'm preaching this to myself tonight. Oh, may in this new year, God give us this grant, this gift to be able to serve him, to say, God, help me to comprehend your love. The love of Christ is more than just an emotion. It is an emotion, but it's a commitment, isn't it? And he committed everything to us. May we commit everything to him. Then look in verse 19. It says, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. The fourth grant is fullness. God wants our lives to be full and overrunning. Amen. He wants to fill us up. He wants our lives to, to be prosperous. He wants our lives to to all these different things. And, and let me tell you something. The means of our fullness is the Holy Spirit. And the measure is God himself. He wants to fill us up. Are we the temple of the Holy Ghost? Amen. If you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says we're now his temple. And he lives inside of us. Amen. And I'm grateful for that. I've seen God do that in the lives of campers the last several years. I'll tell you what. They come on Monday and they just look like they're angry at the world, hate everybody else. And slowly, as God's word is preached and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, God begins to work in their lives. And when they come and they get saved, boy, what a change there is. We've seen many of them get saved like this from broken homes, horrible situations, and they keep coming back year after year. And Churches are working with them, showing them uh, who Christ is and what he can do in their lives. And they're growing and praise the Lord. God can do all those things. He intends the Christian life to be a life of fullness where he felt he fills our lives. He dwells in us. And may the Lord give us that fullness that we need, the fullness that others may see, the fullness that overflows into other people's lives, the love of Christ that wants to live and dwell in us. May it, uh, may it pour out of us and into a world that needs it. That the light, that the light of the world would shine out of our hearts into the hearts of other people. Oh, may God give us that. Because he is the only way, the truth and the light. He is the light of the world. And he wants to fill us up. Look at verse 11. If you would. This is all because of his purpose. Look at verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus 
our Lord. Can I say this? God's purpose in our life is to fill us up and to use us. Remember that illustration this morning about the glove? Fill it up. Let God fill up our lives and use us so that he can receive all the glory. I'll finish with this. The Bible says, if you would look in verse 13 of chapter 4. Look at verse 13 of chapter 4. Paul says this, till we all come. This, is, this ought to be the goal of every Christian in every church. It says, till we all come. <laughs> See, God needs to grant us these things with a purpose, with an eternal purpose. And this is what Paul says, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man or a mature person unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh, what God could do in and through our lives, in and through our families, in and through our churches, if we desire for God to grant us these things. Fullness. Control. Are we letting Him fill our lives and give us what He needs to fulfill His purpose? Oh, Paul realized that. He needed these things in his own life and he prayed them for these precious believers at Ephesus. And in verse 20 and 21, then we find the most famous verses that we know so well. Now unto him that is what? Able. Those grants may seem like some high orders. <laughs> Those may, may sound like some high requests right there. And you almost think, how can God strengthen my inner man? I don't feel like I can go on anymore. And sometimes we look at we don't look at God, we're looking at other things. But let me tell you something, unto him, unto him. Can God do these things? You bet you he can do it. He can do all things. I can do all things through Christ is what Paul said in Philippians 4:13. He says, "Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power." <laughs> not my power, not your power. His power. And it says there, that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. May God help us to have these things in our lives. Can I encourage you? I'm challenging myself tonight to pray these things for my own life and to pray them for others. Amen. I'm going to be praying this week, and I'm going to continue to pray that God would grant you these things too here at Anchor Baptist Church. That God would give us these things that we need. Why? Because He has an eternal purpose. And may God fulfill it in and through us as we seek His help each and every day.